Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Joe McCall here with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I have a special guest today. His name is Rod Cleef, and a lot of you guys have probably heard of him from the famous Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing podcast. And the reason I say famous is because every time, Rod, I go to iTunes, you are on the top number one of new and noteworthy. So congratulations. Yeah, they, you know, I think iTunes is just screwed up and didn't know that I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, now, I appreciate you having me on the show, Joe. You've got some amazing guests. I'm just looking here. The last one you did was Ken McElroy from, is he still with the- Ken, uh, Ken McElroy. He's, McElroy. Yeah, he sorry. is very, very, very cool guy. He, he actually uh, has written, I think, three or four of the Rich Dad books for yeah. Kiyosaki, and he is, a, he, is a, he is a really nice guy. Plus, he owns $700 million worth of multifamily properties, and so, you know, he's, he's doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. So, no, but real nice guy, very nice guy. Well, we don't have a lot of people. We've, I don't know if we've ever had a lot of people on our show talking about multifamilies. We've had a lot of people talk about, well, I'll tell you this. Most of our focus over the years, and we've been doing this podcast for over five years now, has been on fast cash strategies. You know, um, wholesaling, right. fix and flip. Um, a few times Love we it. talked about buying properties for cash flow, but this is something that I think I want to start focusing more on. So I'm, I'm glad that you are a guest on the show. I'm glad well, I get to introduce people to you. So Rod, talk thanks. a little bit about your story. You've got. You've owned over two thousand homes, houses, right? Two thousand houses, houses and apart houses and apartment buildings, yeah, and apartment buildings. Yeah, and you're in Florida, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm in Florida. So I'll give you the the, the quick rod story. I, I immigrated when I was six. I came over on a big boat from Holland with my brother and my mother, uh, and uh, we uh, ended up in Denver. And I got into real estate. My mom bought the house across the street. Uh, with her babysitting money, and she paid like I don't know in the low thirty thousand range for it, thirty-two to thirty-four, and then and that was when I was fourteen. When I was seventeen, she told me it was worth I think fifty-five thousand. And although I struggled with basic math, I was able to do that calculation. I'm like, you just made over twenty thousand dollars just by buying this property, and yeah. so I decided I was getting into real estate. So I got my broker's license and didn't have a clue what I was doing, uh, put, a, put a, a bus bench down at the end of the street with my picture on it and uh, thought I was going to get rich in real estate and really struggled the first couple of years. But then by the third year, I'd really educated myself and um, started acquiring properties and ultimately ended up, up with 500 properties in Denver, um, ended up selling all those to buy in Florida and in between there about a couple hundred in Memphis, uh, and I've, I've owned over 13, 1,400 houses here in uh, Florida, as well as as well as multifamily in all th in all three locations. Okay. And the reason I the reason I started my podcast was I had 800 houses when the crash happened in 2008. Well, let me back up for a second. In 2006, my net worth on my real estate went up 17 million dollars just 2006. by 
2006. Yes, sir. In 2006, my net worth went up $17 million just by not doing a thing. And of course, I thought I was untouchable. You know, I worked that out to a weekly, how much I made a week. It was over 300000 and hourly. I think it was 3200 an hour or something on a 40-hour weekend. And I was insufferable. But you know, when you when you get cocky like that, uh, God usually uh, smacks you down, and that's when 08 happened, and that I lost that 17 million and a whole lot more um, in 08. And but what was interesting is I you know I couldn't hold on to the houses because here in Florida. Uh, the taxes and insurance are so high, and I was in the low end market, so there was a lot of turnover anyway. And as you guys know, if you're, you know, renting houses, when they turn over, you gotta, you gotta paint them and sometimes carpet them and fix them up, and you can put a couple grand in the fix up, and you, you couple that with a couple months worth of lost rent, and you've lost your cash flow for the year sometimes. And that, that was my story. I couldn't, and plus, I wouldn't wish what I did on anybody, 800 houses, uh, because I had them two hours one direction and two hours the other direction and everywhere in between. And wow. from a management and organizational standpoint, it is not the greatest buy and hold strategy. But the, the, the message here is the lesson I got in 08 was my multifamily did just fine through the contraction, through wow. the crash. I mean, sure, sure, it contracted. And, you know, I had to get creative a little bit with the leasing, but, but, you know they they survived it quite well and but but I couldn't hold on to the single family so that's really Joe why I started my podcast about multifamily investing because you know I I, I really believe and I don't know if you do but but I believe there's another contraction coming and you know I I think uh, uh, Kiyosaki Robert Kiyosaki I'm sure everybody knows who he is wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad just actually was quoted on a podcast as saying it's already started and you know. I'm not I, I don't think anybody listening should be fearful, but you know, you, you should you should be investing with both eyes wide open and and, yeah. and 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 you know, I know you you do a you have a great program on on I think wholesaling and flipping and I did a lot of that um when I first got started, made a oh, lot yeah. of money and I'm a I'm a huge proponent. I mean I can tell you about a wholesaling story, uh a great wholesaling story because it's multifamily wholesaling. Um I have a, a friend that uh uh was mailing apartments here in uh in sarasota where i live and he found this apartment literally just three blocks down from my office from where i'm sitting right now and it was listed for one well i'm sorry he he mailed the owner the owner called him and and the conversation found out that it was listed for 1.8 million on LoopNet. he he didn't even know it at the time and uh ended up Offering him 1.1 million, the guy said, "Write it up." He called the broker that had it listed, said, "Write it up." They wrote it up, uh, and then he told him, um, "My friend told him take it off LoopNet," and he did. And so he had it under contract at 1.1 million. He put it on LoopNet for 1.2 and sold it in four days, made a hundred grand. Wow. So that's a great wholesaling story. Yeah, <laughs> that's sure it is. Right up you, that's right up your listeners' alley. So, guys, you can wholesale multifamily as well. So, you know, uh, I. But but I will tell you, um, you know, in my view, you know, for those of you listening, I think flipping and wholesaling is a fantastic way to make money. My only the only caveat is, you know, every January first you go back to work, mm -hmm. and if you took your money, if you took that money you make flipping and wholesaling, and you invested in multifamily real estate, there will come a point where you do not have to go back to work, and that's that's another huge benefit of. You know, investing in multifamily properties. Besides the fact that, in my opinion, if you you know buy right, you're contraction crash proof, and 
you, you're building up an annuity and, and like like my, my podcast is titled Lifetime Cash Flow. You're building up lifetime cash flow. And and so, you know, that's why I'm, you know, based on my I, – I don't call them failures. But I, that was a $50 million seminar I had in 2008. I don't, I don't like to call them failures. And I've had lots of seminars. Wow. Some of, some of them, <laughs> that was an expensive some of them, one. Yeah, that was, that was my biggest ever. And let's hope it was the biggest for the rest of my life. But, you know, I mean, I'm back now and, and, and all that. But it was, uh, it was, a, it was not a fun time. And well, I, don't wish, I don't wish that on anybody. If you don't so, mind me asking, um, sure. you're taking that big of a hit. I'm sure it hurts your credit. Didn't oh it? sure, no, and it, it it destroyed my credit, but my credit's back now. Believe it or not, I it's I've, I've I'm in the high sevens, and and you know it's all good. I, I how did I, you I've, I've, how did you do that? Well, I used a company. Uh, oh, uh, Credit DNA, uh, Credit DNA something. Uh, I, I I don't know. Think I don't think it's dot com. It might be dot net. But I'll, I'll give it to you after the show, and you can put it in the show notes. And I highly recommend this company, by the way. And I have no vested interest in them or anything like that. But uh, I'll, get you, I'll get you. I'll get you the information. Yeah, they did a great job. You know, they they dispute stuff, and they did a yeah they did a great job for me. And you know, I my credits my credits golden again. So, uh, but but you know, it was it was a miserable time, and and I'm sure many of your listeners have have gone through similar situations, and you just have to dust yourself off and pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps and and move on. And you know, what's great is. Is is almost invariably as long as you pick yourself up and keep going. If your if your if your outcomes, your goals are strong enough, and your whys for those goals are strong enough, you'll dust yourself off and off and keep going. Now, some people, of course, give up, and and that's a crime and sad when that happens. But if you get up and get going again, typically you can recreate what you had even faster than you did the first time, which is you know which is um, the way to go. But but anyway, so that's that's my story, uh, and and I love multifamily. We're actively uh, seeking out multifamily now. I have a team doing it, and and, uh, and you know, and and I I'm I love talking about it. I love talking about real estate. Period. So you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a real, a real. I like you. I mean, if if you love what you do, work is play, and and I know you love what you do, Joe, and and I do as well, and and uh, you know, it's just a it's a real treat to to be able to share what we know. Uh, with well, it, uh, with listeners, it sure is. Now, how long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, five months. Wow, five months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gone really well, and 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 I think one of the reasons that it's going so well is I've been able to get some great guests. Number one, I, I my first my first guest was a billionaire that owes thirty five thousand apartment units, oh, and then and, and 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 then I've had some of the people that I've known over the years that I've done business with. Um, and Grant Cardone is one that was on there. He's a sales guru. He's uh-huh. a, he's just a hoot. He's got his own jet and four thousand units, and and but but I think the other reason that that um, people like it is I also do little five to eight minute clips every week called your driving force success tip because Joe as you know 80% of your success in anything is your psychology and only 20% is really what we're talking about now the actual mechanics of doing deals you know if we get into that and and so you know a lot of people have the 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 practical knowledge you know we all know people that have gone to school and gotten PhDs and advanced degrees that never really maximize what they could do with it. They don't take action. And so I do these clips about goal setting, finding your why, you know, dealing with fear, uh, perseverance, and on and on and on. And I think those have been really well received. And and uh, so, if, you know, if you guys are into that stuff, please check me out. I'd be grateful. Yeah, we're going to give people um, 
at the end here a link to get more information about you and your book. You just wrote a new book. Oh um, yeah, thank about you. Multifamily, but just so yeah. we can give it people now, it's uh, rodcleef.com, isn't that right? Yeah. Now, if let me tell you about the book. So, so I wrote this book, uh, and it's about 220 pages long. It's in final editing. I mean, literally, there's a girl in two offices away from me here editing it right now. It's called the New Rules of Real Estate Investing, i.e., the new rules being focus on cash flow versus value. Because I was so focused on value when I made 17 million in equity that I didn't pay attention to cash flow, which is why I got my butt kicked. But it's about that. But it's really a step-by-step guide on finding an area for multifamily, different areas to choose, how to develop relationships with brokers, how to talk to sellers, how to finance the deal, how to manage the deal, how to do the due diligence, how to do a letter of intent. I mean, every step-by-step, it's like a textbook. So there's, it's not fluffy at all. And I will give it to your listeners for free. And they can get on the list by texting my name, Rod, R-O-D, to 41411. So if they do that, they'll be on the list. Just bear with me. It could be another couple of weeks uh, before it's done. It's, it's, it's been taken much longer than I thought it would. But it is written. It's done. It just needs to really be looked over very well. Yeah. But uh, happy to give it to your listeners for free. And after the first year, I'm going to start selling it. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm giving it away for free now. Okay. So talk a little bit about some of the advantages, Rod, of owning cash flow real estate. Why do you like Sure. I like what you said there cash flow versus value. Right. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. So yeah, and 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 the book talks about that, but it's really very simple. You know, if if you're focused on value and there's a contraction, you're in trouble. Even if you guys that are listening that are flipping properties, I would tell you right now if you're flipping the big the he, the high dollar ones, just please be careful because there, you know, there is a contraction. I've been through three of them now, and and sometimes they are like oh wait are extremely dramatic. I'll give you a quick I'll, I'll sidebar for a second with an example. I was in Denver, you know, when I was flipping houses uh, back, you know, before most of you guys listening probably born, and I had bought this house for fifty four thousand um, on Thirtieth Street in Denver. And, uh, and and put a garage on it and ended up selling it, I think, for 76000 And I netted about 15000 after everything, everything was said and done. I was, I, was, I was able to get stuff done really cheap back then. But, so I made, a, I made a nice profit. So I sold it for 76000 The market crashed, and I bought that house back three years later for 18000 Same house. Then the market boomed again, and I sold it three or four years later for 130000 so those are the kind of – and that's a very – Denver historically is an incredibly stable market. So those are the kind of swings that are possible. So those of you guys that are out there flipping houses, all I would caution you is have a second exit strategy. Don't do really if, – if you're in the higher dollar properties. If you're in the low price stuff, you're probably fine as long as you move quickly when you see the signs that it's really contracting. But if you're in the high dollar stuff, don't put really short-term debt on the on the property uh-huh. and – Ideally, you know, I would recommend not going by. I would recommend not flipping stuff that you can't cash flow or rent and and come close to cash flowing on if the market contracts and you have to hold it for a while. But but anyway, um, you know, so cash flow versus value. I mean, if you've got good strong cash flow coming in, you know, you can survive anything, and all you've got to do is make it to the first of the month and. And so, and, and the difference between single family and multifamily from a cash flow standpoint, if you've got a house and it's empty, you're 100% vacant. Yeah. 
Now, if you've got a, a even just a duplex, triplex, fourplex, or you know, small apartment, you know, if you've got one or two units empty, sometimes that's you're still okay. You can break even, and that's so that's one big advantage from a cash flow standpoint. From a management standpoint, you know, guys, I told you I had 800 houses, and I'm in Sarasota, and I had them as far north as Newport Ritchie, which is two hours north, and as far south as just north of Naples, which is two hours south, and everywhere in between. And I'm really good at systems, so I was able to make it happen. But it's a management nightmare. And and even if you're in a, a town and, and your properties are 15, 20 minutes apart from each other, just showing them for leasing, um, going and, and checking on them. If you send a maintenance person, you know, the the the, the travel involved, it, it's very it's very costly, it's very cumbersome, it's management intensive, it's much harder than if you've got your fifteen units in one spot. Okay. And you know, that it, it's just so much easier. And and from a you know, and, and, and at the scale that I was at, you know, I, I even you know, I had I had larger apartment well, larger hundred unit apartment complex, but but uh, and in a hundred unit apartment complex, you know, typically the 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 uh, appliances are the same, uh, and you can stock parts. So you know, those of you that have buying whole properties, you know, if you're if you're able to stock parts, you don't have to pay for the trips to the to the Lowe's and the Home Depot, uh, and you know, just it's much more economical to to you know manage the maintenance. Uh, and obviously the leasing, you can imagine, is much, much easier. So, you know, just a lot of logistical reasons why, you know, I, I wish I'd, I'd, I'd have just done multifamily and, you know, I'd be on the back of my yacht right now and um, instead of searching for more multifamily. Cause, yeah. Know. Well, I, I, I realized that, too, when I was in um, – I owned only about 16 houses when the market crashed. Um, mm. But I was over leveraged on all of them. You know, it was so easy to did get, get Did you get hurt? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, listen, whole whole countries went bankrupt. So you know, gosh, and I that's how I justify with myself. But <laughs> that's right. I mean, you know, and and I mean, it was no fun. But but you you survive as long as you got a roof over your head and you've got food on the table. You know, life goes on, and yeah, and you learn. You just get the lessons, and that's why I call them seminars. You've got to get that. You've got to get the lessons, and you know, and I, I just don't want other people to go through what I went through, and you know, which is and which is my reason for doing my podcast. And frankly, I. I take free calls from my listeners, um, thirty-minute calls, and I, I, I do like eight a week, and I'm booked out for three months now. It's crazy, but what's crazy about it is I love talking and talking yeah. about this and, and and helping in any way that I can. I think I've really found a purpose from uh, you know my purpose, and that's to give back like that. So wow, really, uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, I think though, if I would have back then, if I would have stuck with the fundamentals, I would have never bought half of those homes. Really? Because they didn't cash yeah. flow enough, and I was counting on I, appreciation, you know? Sure, sure. We all were. I mean, it was the glory days. My God, you know, it was it was, it was crazy. And yeah. and that's 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 why, like I say, my book's called The New Rules of Real Estate Investing. I'm looking at several title options right here on my desk right now. But, you know, it's really the, the new rules, guys, focus on cash flow, value. Just just ignore it if you're thinking of holding onto the property. If you're flipping, you know, obviously value is very relevant. But uh, you know, definitely have a second exit strategy. You know, if this if this recession has already started, or you know, it's it's definitely going to happen. I mean, every I, I interviewed that billionaire. That was my first interview. He says it's coming in the next couple of years. Scott Shield, another uh, real estate guru that that uh, 
that I've mentored under uh, says it's coming. He's got a few hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I mean, all the guys that study macroeconomics are all saying it's coming. So just, you know, now, now, now don't be afraid of it because with crisis comes opportunity and there will be incredible opportunities. But make sure if you're flipping that you go in with both eyes wide open and you're, and you're paying attention and, and you're, you know, you're on top of it. And if you see the correction happening, bail. I don't care if you have to take a loss, get out because, you know, uh, you want to conserve your cash because if you've got cash when this thing happens, Mike, I mean, you can exponentially grow your net worth uh, at that time. I mean, that's when, you know, people literally make billions if they if they've got resources or cash to, to mm-hmm. take advantage of it. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to spread doom and gloom because there are great deals right now. And we're actively, you know, uh, um, negotiating deals as we speak. But, you know, just know that that everything goes through cycles. I mean, we go through seasons and and and, and the same thing happens in real estate. It goes through cycles. So, sure. you know, we've been we've been flying high for a while. So uh, now you, you talked about – well, I got two questions for you. Yeah, sure. Um, I want to ask you about the you, – you're predicting maybe another market contraction coming. But I yes. also want to ask you about how can the beginning investor uh, – maybe that was a full-time job. They've got decent credit, not the best, but you know, work a little bit of work. They can get it good. Um, right. They want to get into multifamily. They want to – they understand, wow, you know, if, if I have a four-unit or a 10-unit or a 20-unit – if I have one vacancy, it's not going to hurt me as much as if I owned a whole house, like twenty houses, right. and and I imagine, um, and it's and it's easier to manage. It's easier it's to manage, easier, right? much easier. And you're only you know you, you know if you buy a ten unit, you're you're dealing with one one purchase. Sure. If you buy ten houses, you're dealing with ten different sellers. And guys, I bought two thousand houses from two thousand different sellers. I mean, good God, it hurts it hurts my head to think about it. So you know. That's my point. And so how can a new guy get started? I, I tell you, I, I, one of the things I talk about is, is you know, go for, a, go for a residential multifamily. Go for a two to four unit because there's fantastic financing, especially if you're willing to live in it. Um, you know, go, go. You can get FHA financing, very, very low down financing on a fourplex. So, you know, if you can find one that makes sense, go for it. And live in it. I just talked to a, a, one of the kids that listen, a kid that listened to me. He's like 24 years old, and he just bought a, uh, a triplex, and the two units rented. Pay he lives for free. I mean, duh. I mean that that's that's kind of a no brainer. And and many of you listening are all over the country, and there are markets like that all over the country. I don't know if you could do it here in Florida. Maybe if you really hunt. Uh, but but my point is that you can start with very little money, and if you don't have a lot of money and you're really interested in getting in, in you know into a buy and hold strategy and buying multifamily the number here's what i tell people that that i talk to uh regularly um you know on these calls that i was telling you about and i tell them two things i say one you've got to you've got to learn the business you study study this business study study multifamily real estate study how to buy it the book will be a step a huge step in the right direction but you know don't stop there because that li- really won't be enough um, and, but you have to book study this because, you know, it's, it's a little more complicated than, than, than residential. Now, can you learn it? And is it, is it intimidating? No, but, you, but it's like anything else. You have to learn it Sure. and and you have to, so you don't make a mistake, but simultaneously while you're doing the book study, you need to be out there looking at deals in your backyard. And that means even if you're in LA or San Francisco where, you know, you know, there's no way you're ever going to buy a, you know, property at those ridiculous rates that they have going on right now in New York, but Go look at deals. Go kick tires. 
go you know, do financial analysis on a deal, mm-hmm. uh, which you'll learn how to do if you, if you get a copy of the book. And, and, and all of that because that will start honing your competence, and that's what you need to do. And even if you have no money, guys, go, go do this. Go learn this. Uh, you know, there's there's lots of stuff online. Maybe you, maybe you swing for a course or something. There's some good courses out there, but uh, but definitely read the book uh, and and get other books if you can and and study this while you're out there looking at deals, kicking the tires, developing relationships with brokers, maybe even developing relationships with potential investors. Because yeah. the reason I'm telling you to do this, guys, is once you have, you know, the the uh, competence. And have some confidence, you'll have the ability to influence people to invest with you, just like in your in your residential business. But you've got to understand this business and understand the nuances of it, the terminology, and develop relationships with players in the business. And at some point, you'll be ready to rock. And so, you know, that's what I would tell them. I mean, you know, don't don't get frustrated because it may take a little longer. Uh, but but in, in in many cases that's a benefit because you don't want to make a mistake and trust me I've made every single one of them and and see you know I when I talk to people I, I typically see two different types one's like me who's you know like a fire ready aim you know I didn't learn any I didn't study anything before I started buying houses and I made every single mistake you can possibly make yeah but and then the other one is the analytical person that gets caught in analysis paralysis and. And that studies, but 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 uh, doesn't go out and look at deals and make things happen. And you guys, you kind of need to do both. You need to be looking at deals, even if you don't buy, and study. And that's how you'll you'll you know you can start in this business even with no money. And at some point, uh, you'll have the ability. You'll be congruent in your conversations. You'll be able to speak intelligently. You have, you'll have the ability to influence. And and that comes from you know co- competence and then confidence. That's so good. that's that's yeah. Very good. Now, let's talk, Rod. We just got a few more minutes. Um, right. Let's talk about well, – you're predicting a contraction. And no, I, 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 this is not me, buddy. Not, I'm not you. Smart I'm, enough. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to predict anything. I okay. just know that I've been, I've been through, yeah. you know, what is it, one, two, three, the three of them. And, well, this you is because you have a good perspective, though, Rod. I mean, I, I've yeah. only been through one, I think. Right. Right. Um, since yeah, you went. You said you started in 06. I mean, you went right through it. Uh, if you, if you started in 06, and, but but you know th- you know what's going to happen. I mean, it's it. You'd be stupid not to realize that 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 the real estate is cyclical. And mm-hmm. you know, certainly the people in California know because they've seen huge swings, and now Florida as well. It, 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 it wasn't always Florida, but but this this time Florida got crushed. Uh, but but the point is, it's been flying high. You know, I think the election is going to be a real uh, precursor to whatever happens uh, and, you know, who gets elected. But the the bottom line is uh, it's going to it's going to go down at some point. How hard? Who knows? I mean, some people say it'll be worse than 08. Some people say it won't be as bad. The billionaire I interviewed said, no, it won't be as bad as 08. And I I tend to believe people that have that kind of money. So, you know, it's it's but but it's going to happen. And so, you know, again, don't be afraid of it. Just, you know, I would say save your money. Be careful with 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 your flips and, and don't don't get overextended uh, on any of the fronts that we talked about, you know, your debt or or the price of the property. Um, and if you see it happening, get out quick because the, the, the first people out are OK. It's the ones that don't get out in time that are standing when the music stops. And 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 as you know, you and I, Joe, both got that memo. <laughs> So well, one of the things I like about real estate is that it's not like the stock market where it turns on a dime. 
and mm-hmm. immediately you overnight you you've lost a lot of money with real estate you can see the warning signs a lot of times in advance right and uh Sean Terry one of my friends tells the story of how he owned a bunch of real estate in 2005 2006 a lot of it and he was getting a haircut and he heard his hairstylist talking about how she just bought a house and flipped it and made 30 grand on it and she was all excited thinking she was a, a brilliant expert and that's when he decided, you know what, uh, I need to get out of this because his hairdresser is making that much right. money that he needs to get out. I, I wish I wish I'd have had a conversation like that because yeah. you know if if I'd have gotten out, like I said, I'd be on the I'd be in the Caribbean on the back of a hundred foot yacht right now. <laughs> so, right. So it is what it is. It's all good. I mean, life is life is great, and you but get you, know, the, you get the lessons. Looking back though, there were people for. Three four years before the crash, who were predicting the crash, right? Sure. So, sure. like, Absolutely. if you would have nobody listened because everything was going so great, you know, you, you you put your blinders on. And let me let me add to that: when the contraction happens, you know, there'll be newspaper articles that that, that bemoan real estate. Oh my God, real estate's terrible. Oh, I got crushed in real estate. And when guys, when there's blood running in the streets, when you see those articles, that's when you buy. Because that's how the contrarians, you know, contrarian investing is, you know, is buying when when the when the the prevailing attitude is it's horrible, and selling when the prevailing attitude is it's fantastic. And your guy, your your friend, was smart enough to recognize that. And I I, I wasn't, or I didn't get the warning signs, or I probably subconsciously ignored them. Well, that's why listening, I think, to podcasts is so important because, right, um, especially guys like Rod's. Like you, um, there's a bunch of really good podcasts out there. You get kind of sure. a feel of what's going on in the market across the country. And yeah, up to date as well. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot yeah, of good podcasts out there. And, you know, I've seen, in my perspective, what I've seen in the last six months is things are slowing down a little bit, but houses are still selling. They're just not selling as fast. And so mm-hmm. what does that mean? Is it coming back down to normal levels? Um, who knows? But you know what? Or, or or is it the start of a contraction? I mean, who yes. knows? You know, and 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 again, it's not something to fear. That's the important thing to yeah, remember because you, it's an opportunity, and that's what you do. You change the meaning in your head. It's an opportunity, and then you don't you don't get paralyzed or anything like that when you start to see it happen, and. And you, you think to yourself, okay, with crisis comes opportunity. Here's, there's going to be an incredible opportunity here. You save your money. You, you, you develop relationships with people that have money. And, and you get knowledgeable about, you know, whatever area of real estate that you're, you're going to pursue. And, and you kick butt when it's the right time. And, and, you know, and like I say, you can, you can 10x your productivity or, or 100x your productivity and your, and your, um, financial, uh, uh, situation by taking advantage of that opportunity. Well, and if you stick with the fundamentals, you know, even right. if the market does take a contract, goes down, takes a dip, contracts, um, you'll be fine. Right. Right. Good. Agreed. Good. Rod, this yeah. has been good. I know this. We, we hardly, barely scratched the surface, um, but we both have to go. And yeah. uh, I want to encourage everybody to go look at Rod's podcast. It is the Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Podcast. Lifetime Cash Flow through Real Estate Podcast. Rod, I think you would all agree, guys, has been there, done that. He has he has that T-shirt. And, and Band-Aids all over my body. And Band-Aids <laughs> all over his body. And uh, if you have any interest in learning about multifamily cash flow, go check out his podcast. He has a ton of really good, valuable information in there. And he's got Thanks. this book he's coming out. What is the title of the book? 
it's the new rules of real estate investing. And, yeah. and, and just to remember, if you want to get on the list for a free copy, just text ROD to 41411. And thanks for letting me uh, you know, give that to your listeners because I really think they're going to get a lot of value from it. It's uh, Like Good. I said, it's not a fluffy thing. I'm looking forward to reading the book myself because um, awesome. it's, it's easy to be intimidated by the concept of big apartments or multifamilies, right. but it doesn't need to be. No, it's all mental. It's yeah. all mental. It's just a, it's totally a mental thing. It's all between your ears. Good. Well, thank you, Rod, so much. I appreciate oh, your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Take care. See you guys. Bye-bye. 